From Pasuk Vayet Aranus Yodai Vagaymer, on the Pasuk, um, and Aaron stretched out his hand over the water, and the frog came up, and it overran, it covered the entire land of Mitzrayim. Is Rashi Matik the Betzer? So Rashi quotes the words from the Pasuk Vatal Hatzvardeya, the frog came up, and it was Mefarish, and he explains. Tzvardeya Achas Hoysa, it was only one frog. Vahayumakim Oysa, and they were striking it. Vihimatezes Nechilim Nechilim, and it was spewing swarms and swarms of frogs. That's the Rashi. Pashtus is the Rashi Oysen Tzubavarin. And what is Rashi trying to? Why is he explaining? What is he explaining? The question, Why does it say, and the frog came up in a singular? When there were many, many multitudes of uh, frogs. The Fadis Rashi Mefarish, that's why Rashi explains, that it started out as only one frog, but because they were striking it, that's why it spewed many, many more frogs. The Gemara and the Medrash also address the question of why it says Tzvardeya in the singular. One brings to the days and brings two opinions about why that is. Rabbi Kiva says it was one frog. The he hishritza and it spawned umola eskola mitzrayim. It spawned many many frogs and that filled the entire mitzrayim, covered the entire mitzrayim with frogs. Amalei Rabbi Lozavan Azayis, Rabbi Lozavan Azayis said tzvardeya achas hoisa. It was really it was also one frog. Shorkolahem it croaked. It called out to all the other frogs. Vehimbo so it summoned all the frogs from all around the world or wherever. So that's how the Gemara explains it. So we have to understand, Rashi, in his, in his commentary, addresses the simple, direct meaning of the Pasuk. And since Hashem does not do a miracle which is without need, without a need, He doesn't do miracles, is a cloud and this principle that Hashem does not do a miracle if it's not necessary is something which fits into Pshat to the direct meaning of the Pasuk as well. As was discussed elsewhere is therefore it would stand to reason as Bayanes was hot So even if we're talking about a miracle that did occur, there is a miracle going on is so as much as you can explain this miracle or at least interpret the events as being somewhat natural at least not boggling the mind in areas that it doesn't need to even if a miracle does have to occur so we don't have to assume that the miracle that occurred was complete disruption of nature. There was somewhat of a disruption of nature, but it doesn't have to be a complete disruption, if possible. 
because this additional level of disruption of nature would be unnecessary if you could have done the same miracle in a way that fits more fits in better into the natural process so if that's true so then why does Rashi quote the, the explanation of the one frog from the Medrash that they were striking it and that's what's spewed that's how it spewed um, swarms of frogs this kind of miracle that from striking it it should spawn new frogs that's something incredible but that is completely beyond natural uh, beyond the natural process and what what is the other option he could have explained it in a much more direct and simple way according to the way the Gemara in the, the way that Rebbe Lezben Azariah explains it that the, the, there was one frog the frog croaked very loudly passed the word and all the frogs from far and wide came to the Mitzrayim as Rashi over there in the Gemara says they, all the frogs in the world heard the sound of the frog the and they came that too is a miracle undoubtedly that's a miracle but it's not the same kind of miracle that when you strike a frog multitudes of new frogs are spawned from that that is not that is beyond any kind of reason. So why does Rashi have to take the approach that that's what happened when he could have more easily explained it as the frog croaked, passed the word, all the frogs came running. Or if not that one, other al he could have even said it as Rabbi Kiva says, as hishritza umalukaletz mitzrayim, that it spawned, in other words, gave birth to many many frogs although that certainly would have been a miraculous birth that it gave birth to millions of frogs <coughs> but that still is tied in with the nature of birth birth is a natural process as the word ishritza means birth spawning and as Rashi explains it over there, she is it. She spawned it from its, from the, uh, from its belly, from its innards. The and uh, new frogs came out. So that is miraculous, but without having to speak about a miracle that when you strike a frog, it's you know many many frogs come spewing out of it that is uh, you know much more of a miracle than than if it's giving birth to many so why does Rashi have to go that uh, so far away from from the direct meaning into that kind of a miracle base the noch is Rashi mamshich then Rashi continues zeo medrashi that is the medrash explanation and if you want to look at it from the simple direct uh, explanation yes one could say uh, 
that what the reason it's uh, said the word frog is said in the singular is because he's talking about the swarm the swarm is one swarm so the batala um, tzvardeya and it's not the frog rose up but that the swarm of frog rose of frogs rose up and that's said in the singular it's addressing the swarm and we find also a similar thing but to he akinam by the uh, the next maka the maka of kinim it says and the kinam happened to Mitzrayim which means harichisha the crawling mass of lice is addressed as kinam that's what kinam means the crawling mass of lice so we find a similar thing that it addresses not the many many millions of lice that were there but rather the swarm of lice is written is what the Torah addresses in a similar way the Tzfardeya is talking about the swarm of frogs and in order for the five year old the child should be able to understand this relate to it better Rashi also gives the translation of the world of co- uh, a word of course in the language that Rashi translates to which is French which was the language where he was and he says uh, however you pronounce that word Gedulira Belaz which means a swarm of uh, of lice af, af so also by us when it says and the frog rose up it means the French word for a, an event of frogs another French word which means the event of frogs so that's the second explanation that Rashi gives so we have to understand because first and foremost is the Rashi his first concern is to explain the simple direct the most simple and direct meaning of the Pasuk and only if the simple meaning is not doesn't work so well there's a question that can be asked and so on is then bring only then does Rashi resort to giving a Medrashic interpretation which will explain certain elements of the direct meaning or of this Pasuk which needs some help from the Medrash to make it more understood so why is it that in this case Rashi first gives the explanation that he himself admits is a Medrashic interpretation and he brings that before the explanation which Rashi himself says is the more direct explanation so why does he start with the Medrashic interpretation and then go to the simple meaning Usually he would do the opposite. Oich is nishmuv, and another thing we have to understand. Bishleim adoses Rashi darf onkum tzuar raye asfardei main shirutz atzfardim. We can understand why Rashi needs to bring proof, some support for the idea that the word tzfardeya, which means frog, in this case means the swarm of frogs. And that's why it says in singular, because it's addressing the swarm of frogs rather than the many frogs that were there. He's moving by Pashas. We understand why Rashi needs support for that. Because it's difficult to say that the name frog, the word in Hebrew for frog, which is Tzvardeya, 
that it suddenly means the swarm of frogs. The word Tzvardeya generally means frogs, not a swarm. And nowhere in the Pasuk does it say anything about a swarm. And that the, the swarm, the, the words for swarm, shirutz, is something that applies not only to frogs, it applies to all kinds of living things. And it doesn't address a, specifically a swarm of frogs. So why would you use the name frog to, a, to describe a swarm? It's the, the swarm applies to every different, many, many different kinds of living beings. So tzvardeya isn't the word to use for swarm. The fire brings Rashi, that's why Rashi has to bring a raya, a support from Vatiya Kinam, from the next uh, Maka, which was about the Kinan. Which over there, the word for Kinam means the, the crawling mass of the lice. Even though a, cre- a crawling mass doesn't necessarily mean of lice. It could be a crawling mass of any of many other different types of creepy crawly things, and therefore, and yet over there the pasuk is talking about kinam, and it means a crawling mass, a creeping mass. So here too, tzvardeya could mean a a swarm of frogs. In under to say it, put it differently, given by If a swarm as it pertains to frogs, would have been different than any other type of swarm, as it pertains to all other animals. So then it would be more possible to say that just as the word svardeya addresses a certain type of, uh, you know, animal, which is different than all, than all other animals. It's particular, the words for today is particular to a certain type of animal, which is the frog. So also, the words for addresses this particular type of swarm, which is particular to frogs. That is if the frogs had a certain type of swarm, which is different than the other swarms. Even though, although, to tell the truth, it wouldn't be, it doesn't completely answer the problem, even if you say that, still there would remain a problem, because the word svardeya means frog. Even though swarm is particular to, this kind of swarm is particular to frogs in, in this uh, scenario that we're trying to create but the word svardeya and the word for a swarm of frogs should be somewhat different just like we see by kinim the word for kinim is kinim the word for a swarm of kinim a cre- crawling mass of kinim is kinum a slight change but yet a change here the title doesn't make any difference at all Tzvardeya means a frog, and a swarm of of frogs is also Tzvardeya. So it still leaves that problem. But that would only be true, even that answer would only be true, if the swarm of frogs was a particular type of swarm, 
and described by differently than other swarms. But since the Pasuk uses the same word for swarm in the case of frogs as he uses for all other kinds of swarms, like the swarm of animals that came in the fourth Makkah, which was Arev, where there was a swarm of all kinds of wild animals, and the Torah uses the word Shirutz, it's the same Shirutz. So there's nothing particular about the swarm of frogs in which the Torah singles it out as being different than other swarms. So then, so then it becomes more, even more difficult to say, that the word Svardeya is describing a swarm, and a swarm is a word which is equal to all other animals as well. So why describe it by the word, by a very particular animal called Svardeya, and you're describing a swarm? The far is the Kinam and Kinal, and that's why we have to have support from Vatiya Kinam. That we do find that the Torah uses the idea of a crawling mass or a swarm by naming it similar to the word Kinim, and yet it describes a crawling mass. But this still leaves the question. How does Rashi know that in the proof that he brings from Kinam, that it could mean a crawling mass? How does he know that the word Kinam means a crawling mass? How does he know that there that's what it means? And for this reason, Rashi over there simply states, Kinam means crawling mass. That's all he doesn't bring any proof. Then he doesn't have to bring any proof or any support that kina means a crawling mass. She doesn't bring another, uh, perhaps there's another explanation of what kina means. No, no other explanation. It means a crawling mass. So over there he takes it for granted that that's what it means. But when he has to explain the, the frog came up there he says it and he says it only as a secondary explanation he doesn't like this explanation as much that's why he gives another explanation to begin with and only because he has no choice has to give this explanation as well and even when he gives that explanation he says yesh loimar one could say that what it means is them the swarm of frogs. And that's why it's called by the singular because it's describing the swarm. So why is it that Rashi takes it for granted that Akina means the, creep, the crawling mass of lice? And by the frogs, he only has to, uh, perhaps it could mean that it's a swarm of frogs and he doesn't like it as the first explanation to begin with, why is, what's the difference? And it's only for this reason that he could use kinam as a support, that perhaps it means the same thing by frogs. How do you know it means it by, by, by the lice to begin with? Gimel. There are commentaries that explain, as Rashi's hechach z'taychavatiya kinam arachisha, that how does Rashi know that kinam means the crawling mass? Is from them was the lashon is kinam nun kmutza because the word in the Torah is kinam with a kometz under the nun rather than kinim 
which with a chirik uh, under the nun. The word kinam is not the multiple of lice, which is kinim, and it's also not the singular of lice, which is kina. And here's a new word, kinam. It doesn't mean neither singular nor multiple lice. That's why we have to say, that it's not referring to the to the uh, noun of lice at all, nor what it's describing is an event of lice. The, the word kina means the event, the cre- crawling mass of it. That's how he knows it. is moving and based as we can understand now. As the far is that for this reason Rashi can't use it as a complete support as an absolute proof that the words Tzvardeya could also mean a swarm of frogs because they're very different since from the word because in the word Tzvardeya that the Pasuk says here is different. It's exactly the same as the word for frogs, not like kinom, which is different than the word for kinim for lice. So therefore, there one is, has no choice but to say that it's talking about a crawling mass, because it can't mean the lice themselves. But by the frog, it's not the same at all. He uses the exact word for frog to describe the creeping. The what Rashi wants to say means the swarm of frogs. How does he know that from Kinom, which is a completely different case? Because over there it means, it can only mean something different than the lice themselves. And that, if you look at the Rashi closely, you see also that he, he seems to imply that. As he says, and so also we find a similar, a similar thing by Vatiya Kinom. And then he says, Va'af. And you can also say the same thing about Vatala Tzvardeya. Before we go to there, that's why he is hesitant. He is not so certain that you can compare Kinom and Tzvardeya. That's why he has to say, we can also apply the same reasoning to Tzvardeya. He wouldn't have to say that if it was exactly the same. And the, the French word, why does he say the French word? Why does he now suddenly tell you the French word for the uh, swarm of, of frogs? Although he doesn't give you, he doesn't tell us the French word for frogs in the many times that it says frogs before this Pasuk. Is is that we can understand why he suddenly gives us the French word as Pirushvardim is by Vust, because the word for frogs is well known. It's uh, you don't need to interpret it in French. The word for frogs is is Tzvardim. So now that he says that this is a swarm of frogs, on from and the word for swarm, we also know from before. The Sharat Sayyaritzvardim, the Pasig actually said it in regards to frogs. The river will swarm with frogs. So we know the word for swarm. 
And we know the word for frogs is vostutur de balaz. So what, the, what does he need to give us a French word for it? We know the word for frogs. We know the, what shirutz means. So what does he have to explain it in French for? Now the Bavarinish isn't in them. But what is he trying to say? Why is he saying that? Because svardeya balaz is uh, whatever the French word. I don't know how to pronounce it. The frog in French is that word which is grinuli. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Probably not. Was does veis that that's something that the the five year old knows. Valdos is doch sein las because that is actually the French word for which every child knows because we're talking about every child that lived in France so he knows the meaning of French words and that's why Rashi interprets it in French. But the word for French for frog in French is that word even till today. And the word for a swarm of frogs in French, Vertashinui, is slightly different than the word for frog itself. So it's not Grinuli, but Grinuli which means, I am imagining, uh, like an event of frogs. And similar to the change to the word Kinim, which is no longer read in the uh, said in the Torah as kinim, but kinam. And the same would also apply to the French word for kinam. Still, Rashi is still uncomfortable. So he's pointing out to you in French, to those who understand French, that we're not talking about a frog specifically, we're talking about a swarm, an event of frogs. And the same would happen also, he gives you the French word for the swarm or the creeping mass of lice in French. Still, even though he compares the two, he's still uncomfortable. Still he has to add, and also by we could also apply that same difference as French tells us, that there's a difference between the actual animal and the swarm, the event of their swarming. Even though in the Pasuk about Svardeya, there's no change to the word in Hebrew, as there is by the Kinin, from Kinin to Kinam. And over here, there's no change, it's all Svardeya. Although there is this problem, Still, he insists that the, the word Tzvardeya means the swarm of frogs. So it's not 100% certain. Rashi is sort of hesitant in the way he presents it. And that's why he presents it. All, and the same could also apply to the frogs, because it's not 100% the same. Abavibald as the fart on the uh, but still, because the Torah calls the crawling mass of the lice with the word kinam, although the idea of a crawling mass has nothing to do with specifically lice, it's something that could apply to any kind of crawling animal. Which is the main problem, why? using a word which is particular to a certain animal and then trying to say that what it means is the swarm of that animal is a problem which is shared by both the frogs and the, and the lice. 
Und der Fahrjesch Leumar, also ich zwardeje, bei uns mein Schwierig zu zwardem, and that's why you could still say, even though it's true, there is a difference by Kinim and Kinam. But still, the problem still exists. Why does the Torah refer to a swarm of a particular animal and call it a swarm when a swarm is a word which should be much more universal and doesn't pertain to a certain animal? That's why Rashi says, but you could still, you see that there is a similarity between the Torah using a, a word that's similar to kinim to describe a swarm of kinim, kinam, and the same thing, you could be using the word Fitzfardeya to describe the swarm, even though it is a problem for both. According to this explanation, we could also explain why Rashi first gives us the other, the Medrashic interpretation before the simple what he calls the direct interpretation, because what he calls the simple direct explanation is not so simple and not so direct, and it's not, uh, it, there's no proof to say that that's what would happen. It's a, comp- it's a difficult interpretation, it's almost like a forced interpretation of the word svardeya to call it a swarm of frogs. So this perhaps could be the explanation of why by Kinim is a little more comfortable, by Tzvadeism it's more complicated. Dalit. Aber in Emerson, but the truth is, we can't say that this is what he means. As Nort is Rashi Magdan the Pirush Hamedish Fardim Pirush Shirut Tzvadim. We can't say that that's the reason why Rashi first gives us the uh, explanation of the Medrash before he gives us the, the explanation what she calls the simple explanation. This can't be the only reason. There must be another reason and to understand the other reason uh, or why this can't be the only reason, let's explain. When Rashi wants to emphasize that a certain interpretation is works according to the simple direct explanation, the pshat, and it's not uh, an explanation or interpretation based on medrash. Rashi uses one of two expressions. One is like in our case, and the simple direct meaning is. The other word, wording that he uses, expression that he uses, upshute shal mikra, and the simple meaning of the Pasuk is whatever he says. So it's either the Pshute, the simple meaning, or the simple meaning of the Pasuk. What's the difference? The Chilitzishan Zay is moving in Pashtus. We can understand easily what the difference between using this expression versus that expression. The Oyster Mikra, when he says the simple meaning of the Pasuk, main, that means as the Pirush is lightened Pshat from the Mikra that this explanation, this, uh, uh, the way Rashi is interpreting this idea or this word, is the pshutah mikra, is the simple meaning of this pasuk. Which means, it lends itself to the simple meaning according to the context of this pasuk. When you have to fit this word, or this idea into this Pasuk, and what this Pasuk is explaining, so then it's more simple and more direct to interpret it in this way. 
because that fits better into the context of the Pasuk. Takegn, on the other hand, Lashem Pshutai, when Rashi says, and the simple meaning is, Andam Mikra, without saying the Pshutai Shal Mikra, he just says a Pshutai, main, that means, Adasa the Pirish HaPashut blows from the Mvort, other Inyan HaVelchan Rashi Shtelzich. There he means to say that the simple meaning of this word, regardless of how it fits into the context, when you want to look at a certain word, the simple meaning, the direct meaning of that word is so and so. Never mind the context. Hagam Eskenzainas is Nishmasim Supashas from Klozdig and Inhalt, even though it's possible that it doesn't, the simple meaning doesn't fit so well into the context. But the simple meaning of this word is so and so. That's the difference between these two expressions. So that's a general rule. So now let's apply it to our situation. According to this, it would come out, Is it the fable that tight shirits of If we should accept that the reason that Rashi gives the Medrash interpretation before the, what he calls the simple interpretation, the reason is because the, the translation of the word the swarm of frogs, doesn't lend itself to the word as we explained, the word doesn't usually mean a swarm, it means the frog. And therefore, why would he use a, a word that's specific to to describe a swarm? Whereas when you look at, you take the Midrashic interpretation, because over there, the word for frog in this Pasik is perfectly pshutai. It means frog. Although you have to attach a, a great miracle to what happened. There was one frog. But the word works better in the Midrash interpretation. If that were the case, Rashi shouldn't have used the term. And the simple meaning of this word, the word pshutai, means that the word is the simple term, is pshutai. should have said, but in the context, it doesn't fit so well. Or rather, it does fit better. In this case, the context of the word tzvardeya, um, to say that it means a swarm, will fit much better into the storyline. Although the word for tzvardeya is complicated, doesn't lend itself to the pshutay, the simple meaning of the word tzvardeya. Because a swarm is not the word for tzvardeya, is not the word for a swarm. So what comes out is, in this case, the problem that Rashi has with the word, with giving the Pshutashal Mikra, the simple meaning of the word, of what it means, is the word is more complicated, but the context is less complicated than the Medrash uh, explanation. So if that's the case, he should have said the Pshutashal Mikra to make the words Fardeya fit better into the Pasuk, then you use that it's a swarm. Whereas the Medrashik is a more simple explanation of the word Svardeya, although fitting it into the word stretches the imagination about the great miracle that happened and why you have such a great miracle and so on. 
does haste to say inside the since the Pasuk doesn't have any kind of allusion in Hemshech HaPasuk nowhere in the Pasuk that we find that this frog that was a singular frog and then they were hitting it and it was spewing you know swarms and swarms of frogs we don't find anything like that in the Pasuk so therefore, the fact is, Adder Esh the Pirush Leit Medrashe, and as was it, Ar Oizgalen Leit Nderachad Trashe Betayre. That's why you have to call this this explanation of the words Vadeya that it was one, and that they were striking it, and it was spewing multitudes of frogs. That has to be called Medrash. You can't say that's the simple meaning of the pasuk. Because nowhere in the Pshutish Mikra do we find any allusion to this. On Pshutish Mikra, but according to the simple context of this Pasuk, it would seem more reasonable to say that the, the frog that came up means the swarm of frogs that came up. So the context lends itself better to the swarm of frogs. But the meaning of the word frog doesn't lend itself to a swarm of frogs, lends itself better to the Midrashic interpretation. If that were the case, Rashi should have, should have said, Upshutishal Mikra makes it more understandable if you say that the word Tzvardeya means a swarm. But he uses the word Upshutai, which seems to say that the word lends itself more to Pshutishal Mikra, and that has to be understood. Hey, Nochatmi and Pirush Rashi, another strong question on this Rashi. Rashi Alain Taishan on from Parashava Yishlach. Rashi tells us himself at the beginning of Parashava Yishlach, as Derecheris Lemer Asholim Shvarim Harbeshoir. It's quite common to use the singular even when talking about a whole group of animals. He says it by Yaakov speaking to Asaph, sending a message to Asaph. And he says, Vahili Shoir Vachamoir, and so on. I had. I uh, acquired ox, donkey, and so on. Using the singular. And what do you mean ox? He had many oxen. So Rashi says it's quite common that you use the, um, the, the collective noun to address oxen. You say ox, because it's a collective noun that includes all, many oxen. And you can address a, a number, many of the same species in a singular. Because it's the collective noun. Rashi could have explained the same thing here in a very simple way. The frog came up means the many frogs, but we use a singular because it's the collective noun. Just like he said over there. So he, why didn't he answer that? That seems to be a much simpler explanation of the whole thing. So some of the commentaries explain us by Rashi is Rashi is struggling to answer why is there a change of the wording in the Pasuk. In Hemshech for the Parsha, as we learn this Parsha, the about the story of the Makas Svardeya, Ved the Makedamont Gansat Sen Molbeloshan Rabin. The word for frog is said ten times in this parsha alone as Tsvardim as the many frogs in the multiple. 
Tafavos is the Pasuk Pungda Meshana and Shrei Beloshin Yachah. Why does he suddenly change it here into Hatzfardeya, the singular? He's been using the word for frogs in the in many frogs in the in the Loshin uh, Rabim all along. So why the sudden change? Why here Vatal Hatzfardeya? Is the Fungedrunge? So from this we have to understand that Das Maintenance Shal Shema Min that he's. It's not simply a change in a poetic change that now he chose to use the singular because it talks about the uh, the collective now. No, the pasuk main the madgizain. Rather, the pasuk is trying to emphasize something. The mloshin yachid. He's telling us, telling it to us in a singular to tell us in order to allude to us something that happened here in this case in this mention of the words it has to be said in the singular because it's telling us a story and that's why Rashi says the story that he's telling us is that it was one frog and that's how the maka came about they were striking it and it spewed the frogs and so on them is moving. So according to this, we, uh, it's understood as the Pirush Medrash that the Medrashic interpretation, even though it's not the, the uh, simple understanding of the story because it's a super miraculous uh, story and so on. But it has, there's something that flows more smoothly with the Medrashic interpretation than the simple what Rashi calls the simple interpretation that it is a swarm of frogs because of the context of the Pasuk what he called Pshudosh Mikra because according to the Medrashic interpretation we understand very well why it says here in the singular because it was a singular frog that's why the Torah calls it in the singular term <clears throat> but if you're going to say that the word Svardeya here means a swarm of frogs, Hagamas Loidem Pirushvet Fashfarempet Fabasa State Nisht Umatum in Parashabaloshin Yachid, even though that explains why doesn't it say all over it's in the singular, since we're talking about a swarm of frogs? No, we can understand that because Varim Daloshin Yachid passed Nordam Venesuretzer Ven Shirut Svardim, because Till now, he was saying, "There's going to be frogs. I'm going to uh, the the frogs will infest you, and and so on. And the, the the warnings that came about the frogs. But then, when it actually came, it came as a swarm. That's why now it has to be said in the the word spardeya, describing it as a swarm of frogs. Before, he wasn't really telling you it's going to be a swarm of frogs. You'll be invaded by frogs. Now he describes it." The swarm of frogs. That's why it says only here in the singular. But you have a difficulty on the other hand, the opposite from the simple shot. Because rather than say it in a singular to describe a swarm, he should have said everywhere in uh, in the Loshon Rabim. The Loshon Yochid is Nishgalate because over here, Using a singular word for a frog is it leaves a, a difficulty. Because what is immediately the next pasuk right after it says, and the the Egyptian magicians 
did the same. Vayalu as They also brought forth. What did they bring forth? Many frogs. And he doesn't say a swarm of frogs in the singular, like it says here. So if you look at the, the comparison between the two, there it should have said also in the singular, but it doesn't. It says in the multiple. So here too, it could have easily said it in the multiple, and then it would be similar to all over. They would be using Tzvardim throughout the whole story, and there wouldn't be this one change. So therefore, it still leaves a difficulty. And because of that difficulty, in the Fabrinktus Rashi else Tzvet and Pshat, that's why Rashi brings it as a second, only a secondary explanation. When the Pirush HaMedrash is the Eshter, and the Medrashic explanation is the first, meaning the primary explanation of what's going on. When the Ika Pirush Lefib Shudosh Mikra, and if you look at it, you want to look at the Pshutosh Mikra, you have to use the Medrash, because it lends itself much better to explain the word Svardeya, what the word Svardeya here means. But it still doesn't answer. But we're still left. Rashi does in the end call it that this is the pshutai, the simple, direct meaning of the word svardeya. How is it more direct, at least in the describing the word svardeya? It is the more complicated. It's the, the, it's the one that leaves more questions about the word Svadeya and why it's used in this way. So why does Rashi call it the Pshutai? And this question is because Rashi calls it Pshutai rather than Pshutai Shomikra, which seems to be saying that the word is more Pshutai. How is the word more Pshutai? It seems more complicated. Vav is the beer in them. So the explanation is, Tosfos Rashi is Eisen Tzubavarinen. What is Rashi trying to explain here? is not only because of the change that all over it's in Malt, in the Loshan Rabbim, here it's in singular. Nor Nochmer, but more so. The Loshan Vatalat Svardeya B'Loshan Yochid is Oich in Stiret Sum Anzog from the Meibishn Tzu'arit. The word, as the Torah tells it, the frog, the one frog rose up, also contradicts that which Hashem told Aaron to do. In Friedrich and Pasuk, in the previous Pasuk, it says, uh, Lift up your hand, stretch out your hand with your staff over the, over the water. And bring up the frogs, the many frogs. Hashem told Aaron to bring up a multitude of frogs. Uh, because over here and especially in the fact that Hashem said he gives in the command to Aaron he tells him bring up many frogs and this is different than by the other Makkas and this is not like, similar to what it says by the later by the, the Makkah of the locusts where it says stretch out your hand over the land of Mitzrayim he said to Moshe in the matter of the locust he doesn't say in order to bring many locusts he says for the locusts for the purpose of bringing the makas and so he did and then it says and they will come up he didn't include in the command to Moshe stretch out your hand and bring up many locusts he said, stretch out your hand to bring locusts. 
And then it says, and many locusts came up. But the command didn't include many locusts should be brought up. Whereas here, it says, bring up the many frogs. And the same is also true for the other makas, that also the command to Moshe and to Aaron to bring upon the Egyptians this maka did not include the details that it should be many. Whereas over here it says, bring up many frogs. What did Aaron actually bring up? One frog. So Rashi says, what's going on? Hashem told him to bring up many frogs, he brought up one frog. So is moving. So it's understood as the tzivut Aaron is nishba grenitz blois to the hachana on ascholof in the teis shotcha b'matcha that Hashem speaking to Aaron is not simply saying you know go through do the things that you need to bring uh, frogs nor edafes ois virim b'suma ois bringing the tzvadim b'payol mamish in aribui but he also included in the command about this maka that he should not just do wave your hand and then I'll make everything happen wave the st- your hand with the stick and bring up many frogs as he said in the, in the Pasuk bring up the frogs so then how did Aaron fulfill that command by Hashem to bring up many frogs if he only brought up one frog he didn't do what Hashem actually told him to do that's what bothers Rashi. The far is Rashi mefarish. That's why Rashi explains why you makim oisa that they were striking this frog. Vehi matezes nechilim nechilim, and it was spewing uh, uh, swarms of frogs. Hagamas lachilu hotter oiv gebrach durch vayet arnas yode. Even though, in other words, to begin with, Aaron brought up one frog. True. But that's what happened at the beginning. But he brought up the ki- that kind of a frog, which was then spewing, um, you know, swarms of frogs. So he is fulfilling what Hashem told him to do. Of course, it came up as one, and then was spewing uh, many, many, many. Exactly what Hashem told him to do. Zispritzt, and it's and the the point here is the way Rashi says it. It was spraying. The word for matezes, which I call spewing, means splashing, spraying. Similar to what you do when you strike water and it splashes and sprays uh, much water. Similar to what would happen if you would, if he was struck the waters of the Nilus of the Nile. Spritz Wasser would spray water all over the place. That doesn't mean new water was created because he struck the water and it's spraying all over the place. It's not new water, it's just uh, the same water moving from one place to the other. The same kind of miracle happened with this one frog, which came up from the waters of Mitzrayim. So therefore, that's a point as well. That's an important point. It's not that Adam brought up one frog, and then this frog gave birth to many other frogs. That would have nothing to do with Aaron. Rashi says, he describes an event. Aaron brought up one frog, and that frog, when you struck it, it spewed forth, meaning it splashed forth many, many frogs. 
In other words, the splashing forth, the many frogs that came from it, is attributed to the one frog that Aram brought up. Not that it gave birth to new frogs. It created new frogs. It's like splashing water, which is the same water, only, you know, I mean, I can't... It's a miracle. There's no, no doubt it was an incredible miracle. But it is, it lends itself more to Aaron's frog, just when you hit it, it's split into many, many different frogs. And it doesn't matter who's the one hitting, striking the frog to make it splash or split into many different frogs. And that's why Rashi leaves out that the Egyptians were striking it. It doesn't matter who was striking it. The main point is, Adam brought up a frog which then split into many, many multitudes of frogs. So in the end, Aaron did fulfill Hashem's command. He brought up many frogs. According to this, we can understand now why Rashi doesn't want to say, being Gemara and Shmeis Rabbah, the way the Gemara and the Medr say, as Sharkolem Beimbow, that the frog uh, croaked loudly and the frogs came running. Or that it gave birth to many, many frogs, which filled the whole land. Because if those, according to those two interpretations, it comes out as that Aaron only brought up one frog. It gave birth to many frogs, or it called out to its friends, and they all came. But what did he do? He only brought one frog. And the many frogs now came because of the call that came from the frog or because it gave birth to many other ones and therefore it would have left the impression that, that Aaron did not fulfill the uh, command of Hashem that you shall bring up the many frogs the farmers Rashi bring and that's why Rashi chooses that what happened was that they, when you struck this frog it split into many many different frogs <clears throat> Since the, the Posik states that Hashem told Aaron to bring up many frogs, there must be something in the Posik that shows that Aaron actually did it the way Hashem told him to do it, at least alludes to that. What, and what is that? Is the beer in them? So the explanation is the word and the frogs came up. The word vatal can be interpreted in two different ways. One is atzvadeya is The frog came up from the water. The second the second interpretation could be in Hebrew. It works to say altsmafil that tzvadeya gemacht oifgein that the frog brought up from the water frogs. The frog brought up. And these two details in the, the way the Medish explained it, that Aaron, number one, has Aaron not oivgebracht ein svardeya. First of all, that Aaron only brought up one frog. And then the second point is that the frog is the one that spewed, spawned other ones. Vet ongedait 
in the Tzvei Taichin, that can be understood from these two different interpretations of the word Vatal. One is Vatal One is the fra came up, makes sense according to the first explanation. A fra came up. Then the second point, the frog is what spawned new frogs. Not spawned in the sense of gave birth, but split into many frogs. So that's the second meaning of the word vatal. It brought forth many frogs. So you have in the same word both of these details. One frog came up, that frog spawned many other ones. This explains also as Rashi bring them Why Rashi explains this idea that the frog was spewing many frogs. He says it on the words The frog came up. It was. It sounds. It seems more proper that he would have said it on it covered the land of Mitzrayim in other words he should have split it into two Rashis one is Vatala Tzvardeya one fra came up and then to answer what do you mean it covered the entire Mitzrayim it was one frog so then Rashi would say and that frog was spewing multi, you know, swarms and swarms of frogs but he doesn't he used, says the whole thing on the word Vatala Tzvardeya why is that because the word Vatala lends itself to both of those ideas. The frog came up and then brought up all the other frogs. Ches. Now, Hagam, although the this explanation lends itself to the words in the Pasuk, Vatala it seems it falls into place so beautifully. Still, Rashi says that this is only a Medrash interpretation. Because according to this, you have to say that there are two different ways that you have to interpret the word Vatala Tzvardeya. One came up and one brought up. Both actually happened. And that does not lend itself to the simple reading of a Pasuk. That the same word has to be interpreted two ways in order to be, un- uh, to be able to understand what happened. The Pshutosh Mikra has to mean that the word means one thing. And it, uh, it's understood with one explanation, with one interpretation. This is more something which lends itself to the Medrash way of explaining uh, ex- explaining the psukim that one word could have two meanings and therefore it means both and so on because according to the simple meaning of the Pasuk it has to be explained in one way just like the word vatal means one thing just like the word vatchas, it covered, means something. It means that there were many frogs. So vatal also has one meaning. That's the simple reading of the Pasuk. Therefore, we have to say that when Tzvardeya means, which, mean, which is read in the singular, means shirut Tzvardim. That's why Rashi is left with no choice but to say that even though it's such a complicated explanation that it means a swarm and the swarm doesn't lend itself to the word Svadeya and so on 
but the word vatau in order to interpret it that it came up as one and then brought up many others is complete, a complete departure from Shudrash Mikra and of the word vatau not of the context of the Psukim but even the word is not the simple way of reading Shudrash Mikra that the same word has to be read in two different ways in order to tell you the story that's why Rashi says the Pshutai is that it means a swarm of frogs with all the complications that that interpretation brings. But it's still the Pshutai. From Dezvegn, but even though it's the Pshutai Shol Mikra, bring this Rashi al Satan Pirush. Rashi still wants to bring it only as a second, meaning secondary Pirush explanation. When the Pirush Ikri is Medrashi, and that the main, the primary Pirush is explanation is the way the Medrash says it, because number one because of the context of the Psukim is the Pirush HaMedrash the the Medrash interpretation lends itself more to the context to the story of what happened the second point is that even the word Tzfardeya itself is, makes more sense according to the way that the Medrash says it. The word Svadeya means a singular a singular frog and not some complicated interpretation that it means a swarm of frogs. So that concludes Rash, the Rebbe's explanation of this Rashi. Tess. From the inner dimension of the Torah to understand some of the ideas of this Rashi. As Farana Klau, there is a rule, a halachic rule, as a maschu b'mitzvah, eimer legmer. When somebody begins a mitzvah, he starts doing a mitzvah, we instruct them, complete it, you should be the one to complete it. Don't leave it for somebody else to complete. When we chazal varanen, and as our sages actually give us a strong warning, about some very difficult uh, penalties that could come, in the case where somebody is able to complete it but chooses not to and you don't finish it so in other words the Chachamim our sages tell us that this is a very serious thing once you began you should be the one to conclude it if possible and even more than this especially in the context of learning with someone else when somebody teaches somebody else Torah, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, lay it out before them. He uses the word Tosim Lufneim, lay it out. As the commentaries say, it should be like a set table. And everything is in its place, it's all ready to be eaten. In other words, when you learn Torah with someone else, you should teach them so thoroughly that it's, they now have a good grasp of it. Not you start and then leave it for them to, or somebody else, to explain thoroughly. You should be the one to explain it thoroughly. But then, there is the other side of the coin. If a Yid knows, that for some reason, for reasons that he is unable to prevent, when he begins this mitzvah, he is not going to be able to complete it. He knows certainly that he's not going to be able to complete it. You would think that he should say, well, I'm not going to start it because I can't complete it. 
that's a terrible thing, so I'm not going to start at all. So we say, no, even if you're not able to complete it, you should still be the one to start it. Once the Mekayim then entail from the mitzvah and to fulfill that part of the mitzvah, the part that he is able to do. We find by Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe want separated, he set, he um, designated the three cities of refuge that were on the other side of the Jordan, meaning not inside Eretz Yisrael, but on the where the Bnei God and Bnei Reuven and the Menashe were settling on the other side of the Yarden. So there were three over there. There had to be three more in Eretz Yisrael. But Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to be entering Eretz Yisrael. So he could only separate the three. He could only designate the ones on this side of the Yarden where he was. The other ones would have to be done by Yeshua when, he got, when they got into Eretz Yisrael. And the fact is that the three that he designated in the, on his side of the Yarden were not effective, could not be used until all six were functional. Only then do they begin to work. So what's the point of Moshe Rabbeinu designating them already? Although they would not be, they would not be able to protect uh, uh, somebody that committed manslaughter until the ones on the other side of the Yarden were also designated. The reason that he did it anyway, the ones that are on, on his side is well, he said, I can, I'll do whatever I can do. I can designate these three. Let me do these three. Even though I'm not going to be able to complete it. And they don't even work yet. But I can do this. So we see that he should do whatever he can, even if he can't be the one to complete it. We'll move on as a suffix in them. And it's understood that when a person is in doubt, he doesn't know where to go exactly. In other words, it's unclear when is this over? What does it mean to complete this mitzvah? There could always be more, or perhaps I'm going overboard. Where is the, when is it called a complete mitzvah? Sometimes it's unclear. So when it comes to mitzvahs that are similar to tzedakah, you would be told, you know, do more. The more you do, the better. You know, you're not sure if you already gave enough tzedakah? Give more. It can't hurt. But there are other mitzvahs. For instance, the mitzvah where somebody from Bezin has to give malkas, he has to give stripes to somebody who committed a sin. So it's a mitzvah for him to do it. But over there we don't say, well, give as much as, you know, you don't know when it's over. Give, give another few. Absolutely not. The Pasik says, you should not add to the number that Hashem said, which was 39, 40 minus 1 or whatever. Pen because if you do add, then you committed a great sin. So we see that sometimes when you don't know when it's over, you have to stop a little earlier rather than go further. Some say that the reason that there's only 39 Malkas, even though the Torah says 40, is because the Rabbanon said to do only 39. Because they were afraid of Shashun Pen Yosef, because they were afraid. If you do 40, he may get mixed up and he'll do 41. That's already a great sin. So they said, stop at 39. Therefore, even if you go one over, you only did whatever the Torah said. So we see that there are times when you don't know when it's over. You say, do more, stalk it, or other mitzvahs like that. Some of them... You say no. You, if you're not sure, stop a little before. 
Alderon says the untershade zwischen the zwei Perushim Rashi. Similarly to this, we also have the, it, these two explanations of Rashi can be understood in that context. According to the first common, uh, interpretation that comes out, as that Aaron was the one that brought the he brought up the uh, the frogs. But how was it covered? How was Mitzrayim? How what was the great infestation of Mitzrayim? Was by those who were striking the frog. That's what caused it to split into many many different frogs. Of a latent Satan Pirush. But according to the second uh, explanation, Kumtois, there it comes out as Aaronatovitundam Gansan Shiritsasvardan that Aaron brought about the entire uh, spawning of the frogs. Vashat Mechasgivan as Mitzrayim. That covered Mitzrayim. But in the Tzvardim Zanigivan, because the, according to the second interpretation, the, the frogs were number one but Pashtus, Maka Veniguf Le Mitzrayim. The Rather, this starts a new thing. Um, according to the second one, Aram brought the entire swarm of the frogs. Now, because the frogs were number one, but Pashtas, the simple meaning of the frogs, being they were there in order to strike and to punish the Mitzrayim. Therefore, in the simple meaning, that's why Aram did the whole thing. He brought the Maka upon the Mitzrayim. But the second point was the reason, what was the behind the the, uh, the makas? It wasn't just to punish them, it was also that Pare should learn his lesson. He should understand, take the lesson from this, he has to learn that this means send the people out of Mitzrayim. That's the point of the makas. But Aaron Oyrgeton, so Aaron did it in a similar way also. Loit Medrasha, he did it in order to teach the lesson. Medrash means you have to learn something from it. It has a deeper meaning. Para, you need to get the deeper meaning. But if Nazis is given, the Noch Makemaisa, he did it in a way, I did what I have to do. Now you have to take it to the next level. So in order for the uh, frogs to cover Mitzrayim, they had to strike it in order that it should continue and go forth and bring a greater, another uh, lesson, another point. In in other words, according to the way we interpret Torah in, in its in deeply interpretive way, the same is true also for the meaning of bring up the frogs. It doesn't necessarily have to mean many frogs. When Hashem said bring up the frogs, it doesn't mean necessarily it has to be multitudes of frogs. It could also mean you bring up one frog. And since this could be compared to punishing someone like by Malchus, so is Botsrid over there, you don't go overboard, you bring up one and then the rest will get done, the rest will happen. But you shouldn't overdo bringing the Maka on the Mitzrayim. So therefore Aaron said, Hashem said Tzvardim, but I don't want to overdo it, 
we're talking about punishing someone, so you don't want to overdo it. I'll bring up one, and then let it go where it goes. I'm not going to be responsible for what happens after that. So that could be interpreted in that way also. Yud. The Hayrof and the Beda Pirushim is what is the lesson from these two explanations of Rashi? From the Meshtim Pirush, as Aaron of Gibrach Nortzodeach, as according to the first one, where Aaron only brought up one frog, we learn as Oyib Midas Peronis, Makal Mitzrayim, that if it's true in regards to a, in a negative sense, in talking about punishing the Egyptians, Kach then how much more so should this apply to in the positive? So how much more so do you have to make sure in the positive that when you're doing something which could lead and if you don't do enough you would be considered to be have done wrong because you didn't do enough. So you have to make sure that in that case you do more than you think is correct. In other words, just like he said that let's say in the, in the mitzvah of Malchus you want to be careful not to do too much, so therefore you stop a little before. But in, if that's true for the negative, how much more so for the positive? Let's say you're giving tzedakah and somebody asks you for, uh, for tzedakah and you figure, how much do I need to give him? If you give him too little, he really needed more. You don't want to be left with giving him too little, so you have to do, how much more so do you have to make sure to do it properly, which in the case of a positive is to give even more. And then from the second uh, explanation that Rashi gives from Balchanas Kumto, he says, Aaron Goyme given the mitzvah, from which it comes out that Aaron did complete the mitzvah because he brought the swarm. And there we have the lesson. You have to make every effort to do a mitzvah from started and finish it to do the entire thing, just like Aaron did. And when you let's say we're talking in a case where somebody is drawing another yid closer to Torah mitzvahs, and the study of Torah is even more that more important than all of them. It shouldn't be enough for you that at least you started him on the right path. business of you have to see him through till the end. You have to be involved with him until you get him to the point where everything is laid out like a table. He understands everything. He knows what he has to do. He's on board and so on to the very highest level that he can reach. But if you're in a situation where you can only start it, You'll only be able to do the beginning in them and bringing somebody close to Torah Mitzvah. So then you might think to yourself, What's the point of starting the person on the road to Torah Mitzvah? He doesn't know. I have no idea if I'll be able to accomplish anything. I only have time to speak to him for a few minutes. What, am I, what can I accomplish then? Where will it go from there? I can't complete it. Who knows how, where it will end up? So therefore maybe it's better I shouldn't start at all. To this comes the lesson from this. As Moshe Rabbeinu said, if you can start it, you start it. Even though you know you're not going to be able to complete it. And in general... You have to ask yourself, a person 
we don't have to start making Hashem's calculations. As was said, why do you have to get involved? Why do you have to think about what Hashem, how Hashem is going to complete this event? You do what you have to do. How the Ebeshter will respond to it or what he will do in the future, that's his problem. That's his cheshben. That is not my, it's not for me to decide what will be the end. I have to do what I have to do, which is to start it. We have to start as much as you can to bring another Jew closer. Even more, if you do everything you're supposed to do, then Hashem takes your thought, your, you wanted to do it, see it through to the end. It was not possible. So Hashem brings your thought into an act. He will make sure that it happens and consider it as if you did, did it until the conclusion. Is uh, going with the mitzvah, and then when Hashem is the one that completes the mitzvah for you, then it, it gets done in the way the Abishto does it, which means it's unlimited. It can reach every positive potential possible. Even though a human, we, we as people, wouldn't be able to see it through to its absolute perfection. And the Abishto is able to see it through till its absolute perfection.